Welcome to Radiate Church Online. We are so excited about what God is doing here at Radiate Church in Elgin, South Carolina. If you have a story that you would want to share about the impact that God has had on your life, you can share that story at youmatter at radiatechurch.net. Also, if you'd like to give, you can give by going to radiatechurch.net or you can give to our ministry by app. Now, let's prepare our hearts for a powerful message from God. Oh, come on and make some noise this morning for Easter. Easter. Hey, why don't you turn around and high five somebody this morning, tell them happy Easter, and tell them they look good. They got a brand new outfit on. They dripping today. Got some new swag, some drip going. Good morning. We're so excited that you're here with us today for Easter at Radiate. We're so pumped. We've already had one absolutely packed and amazing service uh, this morning where we've celebrated Easter. So thank you for being here. We got one more to go. So I'm going to ask you to do something as you leave today. I just want to ask you to pray over our 1130 experience that Jesus would be glorified and lives would be forever changed uh, in our 1130. Can you do that for me? All right. Hey, we're so excited that you're here. If you would, go ahead. I'll tell you what. Go ahead and turn in or on your Bibles to John uh, 19 and 30. John chapter 19. Uh, we're going to hit that later in the message, but uh, it gives you a stance. If, if you'd rather use the screens, that's perfectly okay. Before we get started, I need to tell some folks thank you. Uh, we do this a lot, but we have over 120 team members here at Radiate Church that serve so faithfully and so sacrificially that have worked very hard to make this happen uh, this week. And, and I'm just tell, like, we go hard every week. You know what I'm saying? Like, you may be thinking, oh, they, they went all out this week. No, no, no. This is like every week for us. Uh, we go hard because we don't celebrate an event we celebrate the life of Jesus, not just the fact that one day he got up, but he's still alive every single day of the week. Come on, somebody. So thank you to all the team members that have made that happen. Hey, I've been to the grave. I know that he's not there. I didn't go on Easter Sunday either, so I know it's not just a one-time event. It's all the way around the calendar. So we're excited about that today. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Some of you woke up this morning. The Easter bunny has already come. There's one thing I think we need to teach our kids, all right? Just make sure you teach your kids this this Easter, and it's this. Um, bunnies don't lay eggs. <laughs> Zero clue how the two connect or why they're even in the same holiday, but it happens. So just teach your kids that as they're eating their chocolate bunny and they're talking about the Easter bunny but searching for his eggs. I don't quite understand that. But please let them know that that doesn't happen, and that will save their science teacher a lot of explanation later in life, okay? No, we're excited that you're here. For some of you today, you, you walked in, and, and maybe this is your first time ever in a church service, or maybe this is the first time in a really long time, uh, you're home, if that's you, because there's a lot of us in the room uh, that have been in that same boat. Maybe you come to church every week, and, 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 and this is an event, but depending on who you are, or where you're from, or how you uh, grasp this entire holiday. For some of us, it, it just depends. For some of us, it's a holiday that we get off from work a couple extra days, or it's a holiday where we can go and we can spend more money on nice outfits and we can look, feel cute, IDK. <laughs> you younger folks will know what I'm talking about with that. And, uh, and so, <laughs> and so we, 
<laughs> we, you know, you feel cute, so you can stop by the selfie station in the lobby and take that selfie and hashtag Radiate Church Easter 2019, you know what I'm saying? And you stop by there and you feel good. For some of you, it is a life-changing moment where maybe you gave your life to Jesus at an Easter service several years ago or a year ago or, you know, whatever it is. It's just a life-changing moment. Some of you, it's the grasp and the realization that there is no power over my Savior, Jesus Christ, that defeated death, hell, and the grave. No matter where you stand on the track, I want to tell you something today right off the bat. This Easter Sunday, you may have walked in and you may feel dead and you may feel like things are covered up and buried and the tomb is rolled in front of your life, but I'm here to tell you, maybe you feel like the tomb is in front of your marriage. Maybe you feel like the, the, the stone is in front of your health. Maybe you feel like the stone is in front of your family. I'm here to tell you that today the stone can roll away, that everything can become live again, that you can walk out with life. You can walk out with victory today. And, and, and you may be sitting there going, I don't understand how that can can take place. Well, we're really going to break it down today to what Easter actually means. And, and, and we're going to look at scripture that teaches us what it means. But I just want you to know today, no matter where you're from, because I want to set some things at ease. I want to set some things at ease to, under, to let you know that no matter where you're from, who you are, what you've done, or where you've been in your life, I want you to know something. When he died on the cross, he did not discriminate against your sin and anybody else's sin. He did not discriminate against your skin color. He did not discriminate against your socioeconomic status. When he died on that cross, he had you on his mind. He had you on his heart. He had you in his spirit. When he died on that cross, he died to give you life. But when it secured our salvation. But when he rose up out of that grave three days later, he secured your victory. He secured your freedom. He secured your liberty. He secured the fact that nothing has bondage over you. Nothing has power over you. He's already conquered it all. And so today you're sitting in here today and you're not sitting here by chance. I don't believe things happen by chance or circumstance, I believe that you're sitting in here today because there's a message that God wants you to hear in this room today. And I, I know that some of you are like, I just got dragged along. I came for a free biscuit from Bojangles before we got here. Or I came because somebody wouldn't shut up handing me invite cards, right? And I just came so I was, they were like, all right, leave me alone. I just want you to know, I don't care why you came. God knows that you came. And he's got something he wants to tell you today, right where you are, and it's this. There is life in your bones, there is purpose in your breath, and there is victory in your praise today. And I'm telling you, I know, I know some of you are going, i am just got to sit through an hour of service, and then I can go and hunt eggs with my kids. And that's okay with me, because I'm telling you, your life is about to shift forever through the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to jump in, and, and I really want, I believe in Romans chapter 6, when... Paul is writing a letter to the church of Rome, and in verse 4, there's a verse in there, there's a scripture in there that perfectly explains the gospel of the kingdom of God. It perfectly explains Jesus, why he died on the cross, why he resurrected again. Some people will tell you this, Easter is not about you. No, Easter is not about you rising up out of the grave, but Easter is about you in the sense that it's about you because he had you on his heart when he died on the cross, and he had you on his heart when he got up out of the grave, and he had everything that you've ever done and would ever be in his mind whenever he got up. It is about you, but it's not only about you. It's not just about him. It's not just about you. It's about the entire story of redemption in your life. Romans chapter 6 verse 4 explains it really well. I want, to, I want to read it to you today. It says this. It says, Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, 
so we too may walk in the newness of life. I love what, how Paul really explains that in the New American, it's, it's translated in New American Standard Version, but I love how Paul really explains it. He says it like this. He says that, that, that we have been buried with Christ. Here's, here's what I want you to know today. That in order for the resurrection to happen, he had to die. There had to be a death for there to be a burial, and in order for there to be a resurrection, there had to be a burial. And, and, and the truth is that when he hung on that cross, when his... Arms were stretched wide and nailed to a cross that was much larger and much more intimidating than this. When he hung on a cross that overlooked a cliff so that everybody passing by could see. When he hung between the two thieves and, and when he hung after they released a known criminal named Barabbas and they hung Jesus on the cross in place of Barabbas because they didn't like the message that he stood for. When he was pushing up on his hands and searching for breath, I want you to know something that everything that was good about him was released to you and everything that was bad about you was now attached to him. That's the power of the cross is that no matter who we are, no matter what we've done, everything that we've gotten wrong was now attached to the cross, nailed to the cross, and as he was pushing up for breath, he was breathing the breath of your sin. He was breathing everything bad about me. He was breathing everything bad, every bad intention, every bad thought, every bad action that I would ever have. Because why? Because he loved us so much, he had to give us access to the love that he has. And it's only through the death of the redemption of a lamb that that could take place. It's only through the death and the sacrifice of the son that redemption for the rest of the flock that could that, could that happen. And so the reason Jesus died was not because he felt sorry for you. Hear me today. I want to clear some things up. Jesus didn't feel sorry for you. In fact, Jesus is proud of you. Jesus loves you. God, your father, sits there today and he says this. He says, I love you and I embrace you right where you are, but I love you entirely too much to leave you where you're at. And so because of that, I will give you access to the kingdom and the love of the Father through the cross of the Son. And because of his blood dripping down that cross, it does not discriminate against who you are. In fact, it gives access to the throne of God. Hebrews tells us that we have access to God through the blood of the cross. And I want you to hear me today, because some of you, you walk in and you're carrying a heavy weight. You're carrying a heavy burden. I've never, I go to church twice a year or I don't ever go to church or I don't ever even talk to Jesus or I've done this or I've done that. Maybe you're walking in and you don't feel bad about what you've done. You just know there's something on the inside that's driving you that just goes, man, there's got to be something more. Like, I'm not a bad person at all. I just have something missing on the inside. I want to tell you something. It's a cross-sized hole that Jesus wants to fill. And he says, I died so you could have access. I died so you could feel my love. I died so that you could love me, but I loved you first. The cross gives us access. The cross is there. He says, you are dead with me. You have been buried with me. So when Jesus breathed his last, that was the last breath of your sin that had to breathe. And when they laid him, they wrapped him in grave clothes. They laid him in a tomb. I've been to the tomb. I've seen where they laid him. And I'm telling you, the grave clothes and the body is gone today. It is not there. It is gone. It has risen. 
When they wrapped him in grave clothes and they laid him on a stone, almost a bed in the, in the tomb, and they rolled the tomb, the stone in front of the entryway. And the government comes along and they stamp their seal. It says they sealed the tomb. Here's what that literally means. The government comes, puts their seal on the tomb and says, this is now my property. Anybody that touches it can be put to death. And so they seal the tomb to say it's closed. Everybody around Jesus thought it was over. Everybody, all the thousands of people that heard him teach and saw the miracles for three years thought it was done, thought it was over. They thought it was finished. He had thousands of people with him, but he died alone. Even his closest turned around and walked out on him. But at that moment, heaven began counting to three. Hear me today. Have you ever done that? Anybody with kids in the room? Anybody with kids? You know what you do, right? You do that one more time, right? All right, I'm going to start counting. One. Let's be honest. 60% of the time that we start counting, we don't have anything on the other side of three. And if you're anything like me, you make it up when you get to two. Because you're like, man, in your brain, this is what happens. Man, I'm on two. I don't know what's going to happen when I get to three. I, didn't, I thought they'd turn around and walk back at this point, but I've got to make three sound really intimidating. And so then we start two and a half. <laughs> and all you're doing, the kid knows. The kid is just like, they're making this up as they go. I look at my kids. They'll go, you just made that up? And I'm like, yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> But I'm making it up quick. Jesus was in the tomb, but heaven wasn't making it up. They already knew. He said one, and the tomb was rolled away. Two. He said two, and Saturday happened. and The middle day happens, and it's a gloomy day. It's a quiet day. It's a day of silence. It's a day that the stone is still there. But what they didn't know is that Jesus was defeating death, hell, and the grave while they stood in mourning. Can I just give you a word today? Just because you don't see it happening in your life don't mean something's not happening underneath the surface. Just because you're looking at a stone that's in front of a tomb. Just because you feel like your marriage is waning. Just because you feel like your life is falling apart. Just because you feel like your friends are going away from you. Doesn't mean Jesus isn't doing something on the other side that you can't see. I'm here to tell you there was silence on the other side, on this side of the tomb. But behind the tomb in the grave, Jesus was conquering it all. Two, and then heaven, a new day dawns, and heaven goes, three. And at that time, it lightnings and it's lightning and a rumble begins to happen and the stone starts to roll and the guards fall asleep and the people show up and they go, where is Jesus? But he's not here and he shows up to his disciples and goes, hey, Thomas, I know you doubt who I am. Touch the nails right there where the nails went through. Touch it. Just touch it. And he begins to prove the existence of the resurrection. Why? Because his resurrection provides freedom. His death on the cross secured our forgiveness and our grace. His resurrection from the tomb secured our freedom. Because in Romans chapter 6 verse 4 it says that we have been buried with him through baptism into death. But it says this, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father. Listen, this is not a holiday about the glory of a Cadbury bunny. This is not, a hot, I, don't, I don't have a problem with any of that stuff. In fact, we're going to go have an Easter egg hunt with my kids today. Like, but we're going to teach them egg, uh, bunnies don't lay eggs. Um, it's not for the glory of Cadbury. It's not for the glory of an Easter bunny. It's not for the glory of, of, of sweet tarts. I'm telling you, it is for the glory of the Father and His love for His kids. That is Easter. 
And he says this, he says that you have been uh, raised from the dead through the glory of the Father so we too may walk in the newness of life. Listen to me. The resurrection of Jesus on Easter morning was the fact that you and I now have an opportunity to walk into a new life. It doesn't mean your old life is bad. You may be walking without Jesus, but everything's going great. Can I tell you that it's still a life that is not complete? It's still a life that needs the fullness of Jesus. It's still the life that needs the forgiveness of a father. It's still the life that needs the sacrifice of a savior that no matter what, we've got this God-sized, this cross-shaped hole in our hearts. And Jesus is saying, I died to give you the fulfillment. I rose to give you the freedom over everything you think holds you captive. And I love the fact that what is the new life? Because if you're anything like me, you ask a lot of questions when you read scripture. And my scripture, when I was reading this, here was my thought. Well, what is the new life? Well, Romans chapter 8 verse 11 actually gives us a glimpse into what the new life is. Because the old life was we have to do everything within our power. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things I can do within myself. Like I can rake my own yard. I can cut my own grass. You know what I'm saying? Like I can drive my own car. I can do a lot of things under my own power. I can even climb uh, corporate ladders under my own power. But there's certain things I can can't do under mine and Paul looks at the Romans and he says here's the new life here's what it looks like in eight uh, chapter 8 verse 11 it says but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life come on to your mortal bodies through his spirit that lives within you here's what he's saying he's saying through the cross you've been forgiven through the resurrection you've been empowered I want you to know today, you're walking. I know some of you are going, I've never given my life to Jesus, or I don't live it out. I did a long time ago. I don't live it out today. I just want you to know it doesn't matter. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that is available to you and available to me that give us power to live this life with victory and with abundance, with, with power and with, tr- with joy, with, with, with tribulations don't have to define us because the same power that lives within me, within me is the same power that lives within you. It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. And Jesus is looking and he's going, I rose from the dead. And the very thing that got me up is the very thing that looks at the thing that you think is dead and says, get up and walk. I know you feel like your marriage is falling apart. I just believe Jesus can go roll the stone away. I I know you feel like your life is going downhill in a quick spiral. But I believe Jesus is saying, roll the stone away. I I can't believe that I can walk in here today, one person, and walk out the same. But it's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. It's the same power that can give me life in my mortal body today. That sounds good, Pastor, but how? I don't don't understand that that thought process, like how, that's good, that's the new life, that's all that. In order to really understand that, that's where we have to go to John 19.30. And John 19.30 will change your life when you begin to understand what it says. So John 19.30, what's beginning to take place is Jesus is on the cross. And you see, if you read that entire chapter, you can read the crucifixion story. And Jesus is hanging on the cross and he's suffering for every breath. And he's bleeding down his body from his scalp to his toes and all this stuff. And and he's pierced on his side and he's gasping for breath. And as he's in this moment, he asks for something to drink. And they give him basically a vinegar wine. And it says in John chapter 19 verse 30, it says this, Therefore, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is what? Finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. 
It's a powerful thought. It's a powerful moment. It's a powerful resurrecting moment in time to where Jesus is declaring that my death has finished it all. But there's even more behind the scenes that you need to understand today. I want you to say this word after I say it. Say this word. Say, tetelestai. Come on, one more time. Look at your neighbor and say, tetelestai. Don't worry. You're not cussing them. You're speaking a Greek origin word. Jesus is on the cross, and as he's hanging there, he says this. He says, Tetelestai. Translated, it means it is finished or it is paid. If you go, and, and let me give you a, a thought on this. If, if I was a business owner and you were a customer, and I gave you an invoice for some work or job that I had done in your life, and, and you had, or, or in your yard or, or whatever, and you owed me money, after you paid me that money, I'd write on the top of the invoice or the receipt. Here's what I'd write. I'd write this, you guessed it, to Tetelestai. Because translated, it means paid, in full, finished, over, done. You don't owe anything anymore. You know, one of the greatest moments of my life was when I paid the last payment on my truck that I drive today. Two years ago, I, I paid that payment, and I still have the bill with a zero balance in it. And I, I look at it every, I seriously will look at it every now and then and be like, oh, that's what that feels like. <laughs> because I don't know a dime on the truck that I get to possess today. There's nobody that can come to me and say, hey, you still owe me for that. And you haven't paid your debt that you owe me for that, so I'm going to take it from you. No, when Jesus died on the cross, hear me today, he yelled to Telestai with his last breath, and then he yielded his spirit to heaven. Why? Because he looks at you, and he looks at me, and he says, It is finished. I've paid it all. You don't owe a debt. I paid it for you. Everything is done. There's no power that can come to you and say, you owe me for that. You owe me before you can live it out. Because Jesus is saying, I paid a debt you couldn't pay because you owed a debt you couldn't pay. Jesus is going, Tetelestai, I paid it. It's done. It's over. Oh, listen to me on the invoice of your life. Jesus has written to Telestai. To Telestai. It's over. It's finished. Well, what is it? It is whatever you need it to be. It, well, Pastor, I deal with anxiety. It is finished. Pastor, I deal with depression. It is paid for. He says, hey, pastor, I deal with, uh, with rejection. It is done. He says that, hey, hey, maybe you're going, hey, I, I deal with insecurity. It is finished to tell us die over whatever it is. Pastor, I don't know what it is. Maybe, I know for me in my life, there have been a lot of times to where I've hidden what it is so well that even I don't know what it is anymore. Because I, I need you to think that I've got it all together. I need you to think that this smile is always there. I need you to think that I've got it all figured out. And there was a moment in my life to where I just had to go, you know what? I'm a mess. My life is going well. The church is growing. My family's growing. I'm loved. I got everything I need. But there's just something missing. And I had to realize this, that Jesus says it's finished. Your past no longer has to define you, but your future can. That's encouraging to me. But when he's hanging on that cross and he says to Telestai in the Greek origin, he says it in a present tense and a future sense, a past tense and a present tense. He says it like this, hey, I've paid for it. It's done. It's over. You ever had anybody, maybe at Starbucks, right? They pay for your coffee ahead of you. 
You know what I'm saying? If y'all hadn't had that, radiate, we need to do better with our You Matter cards. You know what I'm saying? But you ever had anybody pay for your, your latte that cost about $12 with 16 shots of espresso and froth foamed with no whip, extra whip, hot, hot, cold, steam to the max? Right? And they pay for it, and you get there, and you're like, oh, here's my $25 for my one cup of coffee, right? I'm just kidding. Here's my five bucks for my cup of coffee, right? I love Starbucks. Five, five bucks for my cup of coffee, and, and they look at you and go this. The person in front of you paid for it. You know how you feel? You go, oh, man, thank you so much. Like, I will receive that gift, that free cup of coffee. I'm here to tell you that Jesus, the enemy wants you to think you have to keep going to the register to pay for something that's already been paid. He wants you to keep thinking that I got to earn it. If I just love them a little bit more, if I pray for 10 minutes a day, if I go to church all the time, if I do this, if I do that. Listen, we do that stuff out of love. We don't do it out of obligation. You're not trying to earn his forgiveness. He's already paid for it. You're at the register and the, and the person is telling you it's gone. It's done. You don't owe a dime. You just got to walk in it. Come on, somebody. Your life is paid for at the cross. To tell us die. Tell the other person. Say, to tell us die. To tell us that. And then he says it in the future sense because some people, some theologians, some people believe that when a leader would win the battle, that when the battle was won, the leader would shout to his leaders. He'd say, To tell us die. And here's what it would mean. It's debatable on some fronts, but here's what they would, they believe that it meant if a leader said that, that, hey, army, pack up your stuff, put it on your back. Come back home. Walk back home to your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your kid, your wife. Come back home to the leader. Come back home where you belong because the battle has been won. And I like to think when Jesus is screaming to tell us that, he's saying, I paid in your past for everything you will ever do, but I'm paying in for the future plan that has already defeated the enemy. And I'm empowering you. It says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that lives within me. Why is that important? Because there's not a person sitting under the sound of my voice today that doesn't have a purpose empowered by the spirit. No one. I know, I know, I know, I know it, it's hard to believe. I know it's difficult. I know what you're thinking. The truth is, in a present tense, in a future tense, he looks and goes, I'm empowering you with the Spirit because there's a battle plan that will be executed that will bring victory to Telestai. We have defeated death, hell, and the grave. I love the image of Jesus standing there in front of the tomb, and he's standing there, and he's got the keys to death, hell, and the grave in his hand to look at us and go, you don't have to be bound. Everything you were and the enemy tries to tell you you will ever be. I've already un locked the padlock and pulled the chains off. It's your job to take them off and walk out of the tomb that the enemies tried to put you in. To tell us die. To tell us die. And I know, I know, I know, because I think Jesus wants us to do this. I think Jesus would look at us today and he'd say, hey, angel, paid. Hey, Ryan, paid. Hey, 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 uh, John, paid. Hey, Gregory, Hey, come on, somebody. Hey, Jace, paid. Hey, hey, Vanessa, paid. Hey, Alex, it's paid. Hey, hey, Charlie, it's paid. Hey, Larry, it's paid. I don't think you're getting this. Hey, Jamie, it's paid. Jason, it's, it's paid to tell us uh, your invoice has been signed. It's paid for. 
Hey, 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 Ernie, it's paid. Listen, it doesn't matter, Renee, it's paid. Hear me today. You come on up, man. It's in a place to where the enemy will try to convince us that we can never be everything that the resurrection tells us we can be. You'll never be able to live that life. You'll never be able to love people like that. You'll never be able to forgive them. You'll never be able to do this or that. Hear me today. You won't. But the same power, come on somebody, that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that lives in you and lives in me because I can't do it, but he can. The cross secured my forgiveness, but the resurrection empowered my future. (laughs) It does not stop at salvation. It begins at salvation. When I pray the salvation prayer, I literally look and go, oh, my name's Shane, and he paid for it. And I'm praying a prayer to acknowledge that. When I pray a prayer of salvation, I'm literally going, oh, my name's Hope, and I acknowledge Jesus that you paid for it. Because I think some of you need to hear this today, that Jesus is calling your name, and he's stamping paid over it. Jackie, paid. I don't know where you are. I just need you to know it's paid for. (laughs) Jack and Julie, hey, it's paid. Don't worry about it. Come on, somebody. Hey, Kendall, Kendall, wherever you are, guess what? It's paid. The invoice, the receipt, the moment, whatever it is, you don't owe a dime. dare let the enemy trick you into that it is the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead that empowers you and empowers me to live a new life you will not cannot or ever will be able to walk this out by yourself but when I go Jesus you paid for it you paid for it and I accept that and because I accept that now I'm empowered to a new life through the Spirit of God can I tell you a quick story I was talking with a gentleman that serves on a team here at Radiate just Friday night. We were setting up and getting some things done. And I was asking him a little bit about a story. And he told me, he said, hey, he said, man, he said, Pastor, Jesus has changed my life. And I said, man, me too. Changed my life. I really got serious and gave my life to Jesus when I was 23 years old, laying in a hospital bed being told that I had to have a pacemaker put in my chest for the rest of my life to keep me alive. I said, man, he's changed my life too. Here's what he said. He said, man, you know what? The biggest thing I used to struggle with was I thought I had to prove myself to everybody. I said, yeah. He said, yeah, it was because of what happened to my dad so long ago. I don't even know that full story. And he said, because of that, I felt like I had to always prove myself to people. I said, yeah. He said, man, you couldn't look at me the wrong way before I bowed up at you. If I felt like you were even talking to me the wrong way, I'd show you who was boss. He said, man, I I just felt like I always had to prove my manhood, that I was better than, that I was good enough. And here's what he said to me. He goes, but now I don't have to earn anything 
Jesus paid it all, man. He gave his life for me. And I don't worry about that. He said, now look. Here's the great thing. He said, now look. He said, it's still a process. Like, I still struggle with some things. I still struggle with that. And I wanted to look at him, but I couldn't because I had to walk. I had, I had to go do something. But I wanted to look at him and go, you know what? I feel like I've been there. Because secretly, I've hidden insecurity and pain and shame and feeling like I had to prove myself for years. But when I come into the realization that who I am hung with who he is, when, 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 when who I will be rose up out of the tomb with him, then I know to tell us it is finished. It is over. My life is not the same anymore. I don't have to live in shame. I don't have to live in guilt. Would you stand to your feet with me today? Hey! Here's what I want to do. Y'all about to get me too hype up here. <laughs> here's what, here's what I, I would like to do. If you would just bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Because here's what I know. There's some people in here. You got a nudge from the inside. And I want you to know you didn't come on accident. You didn't come because of an invite. You came because of a tug from God. You just didn't know it. He used an invite. He used a family member. He used a friend. But I want you to know something. There's some of you in this room today that you're going, man, I've never heard it like that. He paid for it and empowered me to live different. Now hear me. I didn't say perfect. I said different with him. Some of you are going, I've never prayed that prayer of submission to Jesus, but I heard about a father that loves me and a savior that sacrifices for me. I heard about somebody that loves me enough to give me access. That is what I need to submit my life to. And some of you are going, I prayed that prayer years ago, but man, I didn't believe it. I didn't even know what it meant and I have not lived it out. But today I'm ready to make a difference. I'm ready to do that and do what I need to do. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to throw your hand up in the air. Nobody's looking around but me. And so that you can say, hey, I am giving my life to Jesus. One, two, three, all over the room. Come on, yeah, hands up, hands up. Hold them up high. There's something you'll feel slip in your hand. Don't you worry about that. We'll give instructions on that in just a minute. Hold them up high. Continue holding them up high because we're about to pray. Come on, all over the room, there's hands up of people giving their life to Jesus today because he has paid it all. Tetelestai. Keep them up. Come on. Tetelestai. 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 Hold them up. Hold them up. Now, church, I want you to pray with me. I want you to pray this with me. Say, dear Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for resurrecting to empower me. Thank you for freedom. Come on. Thank you for life. Thank you for joy. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for bringing me in to the family of God today. Help me walk this out. I won't try to be perfect. But I will be faithful, and I'll walk with you daily. Now, church, I think you need to give it up for about 10 people that raise their hands to give their lives to Jesus. Father, we worship you. We give you everything we have. You are the resurrected king. Come on, church, let's worship together. <laughs>